Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Bloom and Tell podcast. My name is Nicole Davis, and in today's podcast episode, I'm going to be interviewing another one of my content creator friends. Her name is Eleanor Barks, and Eleanor is somebody that I have looked up to for so long now. And it's so interesting because social media can bring you so close to people that you have things in common with. And even though Eleanor and I don't talk every day, sometimes I can just send her a message or she can just respond to my stories and we have a similar opinion on things. And it's so nice to just have someone that you can bounce ideas off of or share a similar morals and values with. Now you may be listening to this podcast and you're not a content creator, but I still think that you will be able to gain so much from this podcast episode with Eleanor. We're going to be talking all about how Eleanor creates a higher quality content and how that has served her. Now you can apply this to your career. Maybe you're not a content creator, but maybe there's ways that you can create or show up at your job in a higher quality way and see how that serves you. If you've been following along on every episode of this season of the podcast, you know that we are focusing on better and not more. Now, if you have the capacity to do more, then by all means do more. But one of the things you're going to hear Eleanor say in this podcast episode is that she understands that she is somebody that can't show up everywhere. She can't be every place online. And therefore she's made the executive decision in her business to show up in a higher quality way. And that still opens many doors for her, even though she may not be everywhere or she may not have the highest numbers. So I hope that has tickled your fancy just the tiniest bit and it has got you excited for this interview with Eleanor. I really hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to Bloom and Tell, where we celebrate beauty, honor femininity, and getting creative is a daily necessity instead of a luxury. So join me, grab a cup of tea, head out into the garden, take a deep breath in, relax, and let's slow down. Join me, your host, Nicole, while I share just how I'm blooming where I'm planted and how I'm growing where I need to grow and how you can do so too. When we learn to bloom, let's share with others how they can do so too. Let's bloom and tell. So Eleanor, thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, when I thought of doing this podcast, I was like, one of the first people I'm going to ask is Eleanor, because from the gate, I have just been in awe of how you create. And I tell you this every time I talk to you and every time I see you. And so thank you for accepting my invitation. Well, of course, Nicole. I mean, I think ever since we met, um, I think ever since I started this Instagram account, um, I've kind of met you online early on and I think we had a bit of a connection Mm. and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how or what, but somehow we connected and so I was very happy to to agree to do this oh thank you thank you I really appreciate it well I'm gonna have put a little intro about you before this podcast started but I thought I would get it from your own words who you are and what has your journey on Instagram been like okay so my journey on Instagram has actually been quite a long one it didn't so currently I have a petite style account and I actually started out as a natural hair blogger 2015. I think I saw that on your YouTube. Yeah. So I did that for quite a while. And then 
you know, to try and keep things short, things just kind of changed. And I think somewhere along the line, I realized I could actually provide more value as a style blogger. I had more interest in it at that point as well. And yeah, so I started that in 2017. I started a new Instagram account. And I probably wouldn't recommend that to anyone <laughs> any day starting a new Instagram account from scratch because it's quite hard. It's quite it's quite challenging, or I find it challenging anyway. Um, however, I thought, I thought that that was the right thing to do for me. And yeah, just from the very beginning, I wanted to showcase, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a small account or a big account, you can still make a difference. Yeah. Um, and I think that difference I try to bring through kind of through high quality content. And it was mostly images, static photos, but I always concentrated on getting the best. Yeah, just the best that I could. Yeah. And it's so evident. It is so evident. <laughs> I honestly, you. your your content is just, it pushes me. And um, oh, wow. it, it pushes me. Nice yeah, no, honestly, going back to what you were saying, like with starting a new Instagram account, I totally agree. I haven't officially said this on Instagram, but I have said this in the podcast and I know you and I have spoken about this, but I just deleted almost all of my followers. And I didn't think that, you know, sometimes you hear things going around and it's like, oh, you need to start a new Instagram account in order to get your reach back or your engagement back. And I don't necessarily think that you need to start a new Instagram account, but I do think that sometimes if there are people that aren't engaging with your content, then it might do you well to get rid of some of the followers that are inactive. So where were you with your first account when you were doing your natural hair blogging? And then when did you... Like, I guess, were you at like a sizable account that made it hard to start over? Um, I had 8,000 followers. Oh, so it wow. wasn't too big. It was, I suppose, big-ish, but not too yeah. big. So, so and, sorry, I was just going to say the reason why I felt I needed um, to start from scratch, basically, was because most of those followers were there for natural hair. Yeah. And, but I felt like I wasn't really, my passion wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And I didn't feel it was fair to try and push other content on them. Mm. Quite different. Yeah. Natural hair to totally. style. Totally. Um, but then what I did do was I told them that there's did a new you? account. And okay. if you're interested in that content, please follow me over there. And on stories, I would kind of link the other account. Right. Um, I think I did have it. I even had it in the bio to say, well, this is the new style account. I'll be posting on this account for another month or so. But from then please right. follow on, on the style account yeah that's what I was going to ask you like did you just disappear one day or did you let them know no I let them know I kind of prepped them I think for about a month or two months yeah even. Oh, and that's... then quite a few people did follow me over yeah and then the rest it was yeah I, yeah. I, I felt I did my part yeah I totally them, I communicated it and yeah, yeah. oh yeah. that's now yeah I that's so that. interesting I didn't know that part of your story okay so I guess you kind of answered this, but my next question for you was, why did you want to start creating? So whether you tell us why you wanted to start creating for your natural hair or why you wanted to start creating for this account, I know you said that you wanted to serve people, but was it just in you that you had this servant's heart that you wanted to start serving people or was it also driven through the creativity aspect of it? I think it's maybe a bit of a bit of both. So when I originally started the natural hair account, I was living in Tokyo and 
I started on this natural hair journey because I didn't know how to take care of my hair. I couldn't go to a hairdresser in Tokyo because it was all about, you know, Tokyo's straight hair. People have straight yeah. hair. <laughs> I couldn't go to a curly hairdresser. Right. So I, I realized, okay, I'm actually going to have to figure out how to take care of my own hair. So mm-hmm. I started Googling natural hair care methods. That's when I started, kind of stumbled on the natural hair care, you know, blogs and forums. It was quite quite big back then, I suppose now still, but it was, I think it was booming then. Yeah. Um, and then I realized, okay, so if, if I'm looking for natural hair care resources, and I've come this far with my hair now in the short space of time, about a year of looking after my own hair, surely I can be a resource for other people because there must be other people looking for this information as well. Yeah. And I know a little bit now, so why not share my journey? And that's when I started the natural hair blog. And then it's in that time that I really took an interest in photography, writing, writing more. If you didn't know, I used to work as a publicist or in public relations. So Mm. I did a lot of writing for a living anyway. And then blogging just kind of made sense. And then, yeah, like I said, it's a photo- I took an interest in photography. Videography picked up a little bit with, you know, just like very basic YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of where it started. And I just really enjoyed it and just wanted to carry on. Totally. So did you yeah. have that same journey when it came to, obviously you were saying you're living in Tokyo and you had to learn how to take care of your own hair. But is that kind of the same journey that you took when it came to educating people on petite style? You had to learn how to style your own body and then, you know, you wanted to share that process or did you already feel like you were kind of a master at that and that's where you wanted to share your journey, mm-hmm. basically? Wow. I almost, I, I think I'm going to answer this a little bit of both because I okay. feel like, yes, I wanted to share kind of like my journey through style, but mm-hmm. I also knew that I was, dare I say, pretty good at it yeah 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 own it I'm good at styling myself mm-hmm. but then I realized okay but I can then help other women because there are women who look like me yeah um maybe slim small or not even slim but short mm-hmm. you know yeah but women find it challenging a lot of women find it challenging or people have just had babies you know your body changes so mm-hmm. what do I do now how do I dress my body now yeah or People just lose their style along the way. It affects their confidence. Mm. And, you know, dressing yourself in a really, just a nice way, it, it, does a lot, it does a lot for your confidence. And I realized that I actually had the ability to help that along a little. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know what I've also noticed with um, following you? A lot of the things, even though I'm not petite, I'm 5'7", um, a lot of the things that you style actually still work for me and my body type because if you're someone who has put on a little bit of weight during the pandemic, I even though I'm taller, I could use looks that elongate me because it makes me look more slim. So yeah. following some of your tips, because they're for petite women, also elongates me. And then I feel like I'm able to style myself in a more complimentary manner with this weight gain <laughs> oh that's amazing isn't that interesting yeah that's so, amazing and the thing is like what I, what I also what I've said before is that kind of like my styling some people don't like the word advice but that, but it really is advice for those it's there for those who, who want to take it on board if yeah. you don't want to then fine you know so I think like my styling advice it does it works for like you said you've got a different body type you're a different height um, so it definitely works for people across the board. However, I suppose I speak from my perspective because 
it is a personal blog mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. my perspective is totally i am short yes i am petite i'm little um, and so that's kind of where it comes from but yes it does apply to other body types as well yeah yeah when we met up in the summer I was actually so surprised at how petite you actually are like I was like you're so little you were so little and it's so cute I think it's interesting I feel like often we like I always wanted to be shorter because I felt like I was towering over everybody and we we pick up on other things and other people but then other people pick up on things in us so it's so interesting um I was one of but that's 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 the tent like the way that it tends like often I see people that are doing petite style content they're wanting to elongate themselves right but then but then it's like we always want what we can't have or what we think we can't have right so stylistically how did you assess that like when you even started your your natural hair blog did you know that you wanted to go after making high quality content like did, is that the style that you had in your mind or did you just naturally progress to that because the whole theme and season of this podcast is better not more and i think that we can kind of get on the hamster wheel and you know listen to people like say Gary Vee Gary Vee is the king of content and i think sometimes people don't realize that um, obviously there's different industries and there's different niches. And of course, the more content that you are putting out there, you potentially have the opportunity to be seen by more people, but yet in such a visually, like a visually appealing platform like Instagram or YouTube, like obviously quality does matter. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to know if you had that style of content in your mind before you got started or did you naturally progress to this? I think it was a natural progression. Yep. Because, I mean, I I love Gary Vee as well. And, and mm. Gary, you know, like you just said, Gary Vee is all about content and yeah. the audience determines the quality. But for me, I, I realized that I'm not able to produce masses and masses of content and put it out everywhere all platforms yeah every day I love the idea of it mm-hmm. honestly I would love to do it however I don't have the capacity right so for me it makes sense to to rather focus on I say the amount that I can do to do it as well as possible or to the best of my ability right um and I think like in t- just in terms of like quality, but in terms of like editing, um, even before editing, when you I suppose when you focus on the aesthetics, so when you put that photo together or conceptualize an idea, I think I was heavily influenced by my younger brother. Okay. He's a designer. He's, right. a, he's, a, he's an artist. He's an artist, and so along the way, he's always kind of like pushed me. Mm. Um, motivated me encouraged me okay Eleanor you know do you really think that's good enough and I feel like (laughs) okay Amy just look what what do you think of this yeah it's like yeah it's good but you know it could probably be better and I'd be like okay gonna go back to the drawing board try again try again and then yeah I don't think I've ever spoken about him but he's he's always there in the background just kind of like pushing me that's amazing tough sibling love right you can't be he actually bought me he actually bought me is it my first camera or my second camera. I think he just bought it as a gift for YouTube mm. to produce mm. YouTube. 
That's amazing. And ever since then, I've kind of felt like, oh, I don't want to let him down. Yeah. Push, push, push. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's so interesting how our siblings, I think because our siblings don't hold their tongues (laughs) and they will say their honest opinion. My brother didn't necessarily support me in my journey like that, but he did make a comment to me and I was very offended when he first said this because I thought, is it that you think this low of me that you would say this but he said to my mom he made a comment about Nicole um, when she has children she'll basically use them for the content and I was offended at it at Mm -hmm. first because again I thought you think so low of me that you think that I would have children just to market them now I will when the time comes include my children in some of my content But that comment from him is actually one of the biggest catalysts to why I just deleted my following and how I've done a major switch up in how I run my business. Because as you know, privately, um, my husband and I, we have been trying to grow our family and it hasn't been successful yet. But when this extended trying to conceive process has happened, I realized I was waiting to move to places in my content that was reliant on me having children. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was stuck in this limbo. And then it made me feel like, oh my gosh, my brother had a point. Like, and it's not that I was going to make children be a core. It's not that I was going to push them to show up in my content in a specific way, but I realized that I was building a business strategy based off of my children not off of what I could produce and so it as I said me deleting out my followers because I realized I had switched my niche and my my engagement was just down but the second thing was what my brother said and I realized I can't have a business plan based off of how my husband shows up in my content and I can't have a business plan based off of how my unborn children (laughs) are showing up in my content and you and I have spoken about that privately and I think one of the biggest things that people don't understand is that shooting content with your partner is hard (laughs) it is challenging it is so challenging so it's gone off off on topic off the topic just slightly but my next question for you was is if you you said just now that creating higher quality content it was a natural progression for you have you noticed how some people they tend to get stuck you know, they start creating content, but then they, they find what works for them and it's easy for them. And then their content kind of stagnates. Have you noticed that? I think I have. Um, but, but for me, well, okay, so my, I have a thought process on this. So I have noticed where maybe seemingly to me, it's like they're stuck, but perhaps that's just, that's what the audience responds to. And maybe right. that's helping them grow because it yeah. just works. Them, so yeah. I, I don't know if it's so necessarily fair to say that they're stuck. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because my second part to that like question is, is that I've noticed that the reason why I, I say it as stuck is because we often hear people on Instagram and they say, no one's engaging with my content anymore. No, like, you know, it's not being seen, but they're doing the same thing that they were doing in the beginning, but it hasn't progressed. And one of the things that I've noticed with you is is that, and you just said that it was a natural progression, is that 
um, you don't, you are always innovating your content. Your content never stays the same. I would say, yes, girl, when you came out, there was like that uh, sweaty Betty campaign. And then you got down in that lunge and the camera went around you. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it was amazing. And I think, I think it's almost like growth spurts. Like when you see children, they go through these growth spurts. I think that we can assess that and, and witness that in content creation as well. And maybe because you are on your journey daily, you don't see that change, but yeah, yeah, I, I just, that was my next question is that, um, why do you think that you haven't gotten stuck in that kind of plateau? Okay. So I actually think I have the answer for that. It is because I'm always studying other artists, photographers, Mm. videographers, I'll sometimes just sit and watch like a YouTube video on how to create this, how to create this transition or how to create this effect or I'll just read up on, I was just, I was just always reading up on other artists, other, their techniques, what they're doing. And I think it kind of helps me in my content. Yeah, definitely. So even though my focus is, you know, petite style, but then maybe I present it in a it's packaged, it's packaged, way. it's packaged in a slightly yeah. more exciting way or. Amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Right. So the next question is, how do you think that this content strategy has served you? Do you feel like you've had more business opportunities because of this? Or do you feel like everybody can get started no matter what the quality level? Because obviously content creation, there's really zero barrier to entry because everyone has a smartphone. And so you can take photos with your smartphone but do you think that creating higher quality content has served you in a way that you know has set you apart from others even though there's such a low barrier to entry yeah so definitely correct there is a very low barrier to entry however I think for me because because I because quality quality was a big thing for me from the very beginning it was Mm. so important I I was able to turn it into a business from quite early on yeah, and feedback that I've had from brands directly is that you know maybe you don't have the most most followers. Mm-hmm. However, the quality is so good that this is why we're working with you. Yeah, and so I've been able to monetize my platform quite early on. I think I had maybe two thousand followers, or just mm-hmm. under two thousand followers when I had yeah. my first paid campaign. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah, focusing it's- on. But for me, I would say focusing on quality over quantity has served me well. Totally. And so with that, did you find that you had to just kind of make sure that people knew your name so they could see that quality of content? Because if the numbers weren't there, how were you, how were you getting yourself to be known to these people? Oh, I would pitch them. I would just reach out to them. Amazing. Amazing. Because I just figured, well, I only have 2,000 followers. If I have to sit around and wait for people to come to me mm-hmm. or these brands to come to mm-hmm. me, I'm going to wait a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I just reached out to them. Amazing. Now, do you feel like you were able to move forward with that confidence because you knew the quality of the content was there? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I would I say so. I think because, because I focused on that quality first that, and because I'd, you know, I had a page with 
content on, I had a YouTube with content on, I was able to then use that as my portfolio, you know, my portfolio and say like, here, yeah, this is my body of work. Mm-hmm. This is me. This is what I'm about. Let's, yes. let's chat. Let's chat. That's <laughs> let's amazing. Work together. <laughs> that is yeah. so amazing. Now, my next question for you, I think you kind of touched on, but it is, are you able to enjoy the content creation process or do you find that because you're constantly pushing yourself to create higher quality content that you are very critical of the content that you put out? Oh gosh, it's, 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 it's so mixed. Sometimes really? I go through phases where I'm like, I'm on, like, I'm on top of this world. Like, oh, I love what I just produced. Yeah. Like, this is the best, this is my best work yet. And then other times I just feel like, oh, that's, you know, you could just, are you serious? Like, are you going to put yeah. this out? <laughs> I, I think I just go through phases. I, but I imagine a lot of creators of go course. through something similar. Of course. Like, And I think, you know what, sometimes when we have that variation in our content, it shows our viewers that we're still real people. And sometimes I think often, this is what I've heard, is that often people that just create with their iPhone, I'll hear them say, well, people like more real life in the moment content. And then I often hear people that maybe only create, you know, the highest of the highest DSLR content, they kind of snob and turn their nose up at people that only create with their iPhone. But do you think that it's important to have a variation between the two or do you mainly? I think think there is a place for both. Mm -hmm. For me, I've just always loved how the high quality looks. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by how a camera works. You know, so Mm -hmm. I just, I love that process. Mm -hmm. However, However, um, the last maybe month or so, I've put up some uh, some iPhone content and it did amazingly well. Yeah. And so then I was like, what? Okay, so all this really considered, thought out, <laughs> well-edited content. <laughs> totally. Engagement, engagement is here. Put up the iPhone, quick iPhone edited reel. Engagement is there. Like, now what? Do I need to rethink my entire content strategy? Yeah right? Always keeping us on, on our toes. Now, do you think that that is because it shook up? Like there was like a bit of a pattern interrupt because they're used to the quality, like the higher quality content, or do you feel like it was quote unquote more relatable? Like some people get, like some people say. I, I definitely think it was like a pattern interrupt because yeah, my my content does look a similar way. And suddenly it looked completely different mm. and maybe yeah also a bit of relatability because it was I mean I'll tell you what it was it was a like a Zara fitting girl I saw it I saw it it was it was that yeah I think I posted two in like three weeks and people loved it yeah I, I don't mean it's like the lighting was poor the mirror was dirty <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a level of intimacy with with uh, try on videos when you're still in the changing room because sometimes going into the changing room can be a little bit of a daunting process maybe you know you've put on a little bit more weight or you've just had a baby or for multitude of reasons and I think that yeah there's a level of intimacy that when you get to come into the room with somebody at least from my perspective yeah, yeah. now just shifting, we've just got a couple questions left. Now, if you had three tips on getting started, what would that be? 
I think the first one is, it sounds a bit cliche, but it is so true. Start with what you have. Okay. Yeah. And Can you elaborate start- a bit more on that? Uh, so if you only have an iPhone, start with okay. your iPhone. Right. If you only have a tiny room to work yeah. in, you don't have a big studio space, mm-hmm. try and convert that little tiny space or make it as pleasing as you can because you know we all know it's a visual platform so make it as aesthetically pleasing as you can if you need to bring in a plant or something or hang a paint or some type of wall decoration do that but start with a little bit that you have or whatever you have point number two don't overthink okay too much it's difficult not to but Mm -hmm. try not to overthink too much because i I think I used to do that a lot more. And the longer you overthink, the more you start doubting yourself to the point where, okay, like I'm actually gonna put this out. Yeah. Um, it's not it's just not a good place to be. Yeah. So don't overthink, try not to overthink. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is through clarity brings action. Or no, no, through action brings clarity. Sorry, I said it backwards. Yes. And I think sometimes you just have to take action and then you get the clarity that you needed in order to take that next step. And just like in both of our journeys, when you understand that it's time to make a pivot, the world is your oyster, especially in this online industry. I have actually pushed myself to do something different kind of, I mean, it's it's related to what I wrote an ebook. Did you? Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah. So that really kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, because there's a whole lot of like technical things the back yeah. end as well which I wasn't quite prepared for yeah <laughs> but the more you do something if you just immerse yourself in it you just carry on with it you'll get there yeah so don't overthink too much yeah totally totally and then so tip number three I would say try to build connections try to meet people in your industry it does help a lot it does because blogging or content creation it can be quite a it can be quite isolating it can be quite lonely so reaching out to people you uh, build new relationships you grow your network uh, that way you welcome in opportunities that might never have existed before so try to grow your network I think okay and are you saying that more so amongst other content creators or people that might be at marketing firms or just in general in general, across the board. Yeah. So yes, more. More. yes, more to opportunities. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, right. So then my next, I want to ask you for one tip for people that are getting started for high quality content. So how could they go about ensuring that they're going to create the highest quality content possible? Okay. So I think high quality, you can Describe high quality in terms of the actual visual mm-hmm. content. So if you want to look at the visual, then think about, you know, think about you want to go DSLR or camera. So mm-hmm. but I would say go DSLR. So yeah. either invest in your own DSLR camera or work with a photographer who, um, you know, who works with the DSLR camera. So I think that's your first port of call for photo and video. But then also think about the value that you're giving them in terms of your writing. So your caption, captions, yeah. or if you're, uh, if you're blogging, in term, but just in terms of the, the written word, as I put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Because I, th- I think even, even if you're only working with a phone camera, you can still give a lot of value Amazing. through your writing. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, amazing. Thank I'll you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you, I asked for one tip and you gave two, so they just had a bonus <laughs> tip. <laughs> right. So what is your favorite part of the content creation process? Oh, do you know what? Video. Video. I have a love-hate love relationship with it because mm. I, I'm always thinking, like, I want to create this and I want to create that. And then I realize, oh, I don't actually have the, the know-how or the, yeah. the skill for it. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and find out how to do it. I'm going to go watch a YouTube video or something. And then yeah. it takes me ages to figure it out, but I'll sit there and I'll, I'll get there eventually. And that's the thing but, that I, I struggle with with video as well, is that sometimes you don't know what to call the term that you're searching for. So maybe you saw a certain effect or transition and yeah. then you go to search for it to learn how to do it. But you're like, what would I even call that? And then you've got to go through 10 different exactly. YouTube videos trying to exactly. find it. Yeah, that is yeah. that is where most of my nights are spent, like trying to find something that I, I saw that I can't put a name to. But then once I figured it out, I, I, like, I love it so much. Like, Amazing. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> and then is it like, you know, when you have a favorite song and then it's the only song you listen to on repeat? Yeah. And then is it like oh, your new favorite transition or skill that you oh, use in everything? <laughs> Always, yeah. I'm at the point now where I think, like, okay, I should probably add something new to the, yeah. <laughs> to the routine or to, or to the bank. I know, right? I'm the same way. Now, the last two questions. First, how has quality allowed you to leverage your position with brands? Has it brought more opportunities because maybe you're able to uh, license your content? Has it given you a little bit more wiggle room when it comes for or to negotiating? Or do you not see any benefit to having higher quality content? No, it's it has definitely given me an advantage in terms of the amount that I can negotiate for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've, I've spoken to other other influencers in my space, mm-hmm. similar following, and not to compare, but when you yeah. compare, yeah, I it's definitely allowed me to negotiate, yeah, at a higher, yeah. I have a, a, a yeah. I have a secondary question to that. Then does that make it a bit? Because how do I say this? You and I are so diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a space where obviously it's a very new space and people often say or encourage other content creators to go and ask their peers for advice, does that put you into a little bit of a predicament because maybe I'm beating around the bush, I'll speak on my behalf and then maybe you can give me any input that you feel comfortable with. Sometimes I feel it it's a little bit uncomfortable if a content creator comes to me and they ask me for advice about pricing, negotiating, etc. And it's not that I wouldn't necessarily give them my help, but I can see that there's a discrepancy in the quality of content that they create and the quality of content that I create. And therefore, I know that there might be a discrepancy in what I can charge for that content and what they might charge for that content. Does that put you into a little bit of a awkward situation because that person might be looking for those answers and then you might not want to convey it or do you because you know many people say this is a space where we have to collaborate with one another because it's such a new industry or do you 
take one for the team and potentially get <laughs> in trouble or someone take offense to what you've said? What, how, how do you approach that situation? Right. So I think of it in, in terms of I'm running a business. Mm-hmm. It is my business. Yeah. And who, who I share, I suppose, information about my business with is at my, completely at my, uh, I suppose, discretion or yeah. it's who, maybe who I have a relationship with. Yeah. So I've, I've had it before where someone completely, I have no relationship, relationship with, pops up in my DMs. Hey, you know, I see you're working with this, with this brand. Um, you know, how much are you charging them for X, Y, Z? And I'm like, who are you? Yeah. So when that happens, I politely sort of get out of it. I'm just Mm -hmm. not, I don't know you, so I'm not going to share anything about my business with you. However, if it is someone who um, I actually have a relationship with, we've spoken before, we might be friends. Mm, Yeah. um, I'm happy to share some information. I'm happy to, I'm happy to, getting tongue-tied I'm happy to be forthright with information yeah Um, but I think for me new industry or not I wouldn't just go up to someone and ask them Mm. about their business I think Mm. to be honest I think it's quite rude yeah I mean I'll stop playing coy you and I have totally had this conversation behind the scenes (laughs) (laughs) but I find it one of the rudest questions ever and there's so many different dynamics and I feel like when often you can easily offend somebody. I don't think people realize that uh, by asking these questions, sometimes it puts the receiver in an awkward position, especially if they are not in a place where they can take on that constructive criticism. And yeah, I think that as you mentioned, this is also a business and in no other world would we walk up to anybody and say, excuse me, uh, so how much did you make today? You know, like it, it is such an interesting concept. And I also feel like, and and I won't speak for you, but I'll kind Mm -hmm. of speak for you. I know we both are people that have invested in our journeys. And that is the thing that has allowed us to understand what to charge how to charge and I think that I don't think that the excuse of saying that it's a new industry is viable anymore when there are so many content creators or just other businesses that have now put out programs teaching you how to do the elements of this business it's not so much the wild wild west anymore where you have to guess these things and I think again going back to the low barrier to entry with this with this career I think often and you can maybe confirm or deny I've noticed that people don't want to invest in learning what they need to learn it's so much easier to just go and ask someone for their opinion, as opposed to investing in a program that will teach you all of the dynamics to this. Is that something that you've noticed? That makes that makes complete sense. I mean, I like, some of the programs that I've invested in, yeah, so from basics like photography or videography, mm, yeah. but then also just like business mindset, how to get totally. your mindset right. Because once your mindset is in the right space you're able to approach everything 
um, you know, things like negotiation, pitching, you're able to approach that in a, um, I don't know, from a, a proper business perspective. And it's, you don't see it as, even if you don't know what the brand has potentially for, yeah. you know, budget-wise, but you're able to approach it from a business perspective. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like such a, like this wild west. Yeah. Like, making sense. But you're able to get a figure out of them. Totally. <laughs> or you're able to quote them confidently based on your quality content. And so yeah. it's not this wild, like, oh, I don't know what to charge them. I don't know. Like, are they lying to me or mm. they're trying to pull one over me or because mm. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think if you actually invest in yourself, mm-hmm. you're able to go in more confidently and it doesn't have to be this almost like us against them, me against them. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I totally agree. I'm, we could stay on this, this point <laughs> for maybe I'll bring you back in season two. <laughs> we'll talk more about it but it's it's very interesting now my last question that I have for you is what is next for Eleanor Barks I'm working on some things okay but <laughs> I I'm definitely I, I definitely don't enjoy talking about things before I yeah create them or before I, they've come to fruition mm. but I, I did mention that I I put out an ebook yeah a couple of months ago mm-hmm. so what I'm working on next will be Maybe in the same vein tension of that or in the same vein okay yeah amazing I'm so excited and to other, see it and other than that just more petite style content okay. on Instagram and YouTube <laughs> well obviously I'll have all of your handles websites did I hear you're reviving your YouTube channel Yes, it is slowly being revived as we speak. Okay, amazing. So I'll have all of that in the description uh, section down below this podcast, but maybe you could tell people where they can find you. Yes, so you can find me on the internet as Eleanor Barks. So I'm on Instagram as Eleanor Barks. Uh, My website is eleanorbarks.com. I'm on YouTube as Eleanor Barks. Um, Everywhere, Eleanor Barks. Eleanor Barks. All right, you heard it here. Thank you so much, Eleanor. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. (laughs) My pleasure. How amazing was that interview with Eleanor? I honestly could have talked to her forever. She has such style. She has such grace. And she's just someone I look up to a lot personally and professionally. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and got to learn a little bit more about how we can create better content, not necessarily more content. And if you did enjoy it, I'd be so honored if you connected with Eleanor and I over on our social media accounts. I'll have them listed for you in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you again in the next episode. Bye.